0: Listeners, and welcome to the first episode of Payments Radio, a podcast brought to you by Ppro. Ppro builds local payment infrastructure designed to help businesses gain access to new markets and new customers. Ppro powers local payments for PSPs, banks, payment gateways, and enterprises with payment platforms. My name is Megan Johnson, your host of Payments Radio, and today I am joined by Laura Rofe, Partnership Manager of P-Pro, and our special guest, Christy Duncan, founder and CEO of Women in Payments. Based in Toronto, Christy is a global ambassador for Women in Payments, in addition to advising fintechs and mentorship. Today's episode, in line with International Women's Day, will focus on the gender agenda. But first, I'd like to welcome my guests, Laura and Christy. Thanks, Megan. I'm
1: delighted to be here.
0: Yes, thanks, Megan. Great. So jumping right in, Christy, can you tell, tell us a bit more about your journey? What drove you to start Women in Payments? Um, yeah, how did you get to where you are today, 10 years running this uh, incredible organization?
1: Thanks for that, Megan. Gosh, yeah, it's hard to believe it's been 10 years already and it's been a really fantastic journey. And it started 10 years ago when I was consulting in this market and decided I wanted to add value in a different way. And what I found when I was consulting is that I got contracts, three quarters of of my contracts came from women. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. I wonder what's what this is about. Is it a communication thing? Is it a trust level thing? Is it maybe a, a comfort thing? I, I just wanted to kind of peel that back. So when I started doing this conference, I thought, how can I make this payments conference different from all the other payment conferences out there? And I thought maybe I could put a gender spin on it because clearly there's a need and an interest to offer women opportunities that are so often and widely available to men. So, um, I, I started that first year and sent out 99 prospectuses to parties across the Canadian payments market. And I was hoping to get five sponsors and 50 women in that the room that first year. And we actually got 10 sponsors and 160 women. So I thought, oh, this is a good story. Let's try this again in a year. So the second year, we got 250 women and the third year, we got 350 women participating. At which point I said, okay, let's try this in the US. And uh, I just kept going to other markets and, and uh, was welcomed in many markets. And this year, we're launching in Latam, which will be our sixth market around the world.
0: Fantastic. Congratulations. And so are you mainly focused on on women in executive positions, founders, employees, all women?
1: Thanks so much. We focus on all levels and we have spent the last 10 years building out our community and offering opportunities at many different levels. So At leadership levels, we offer mentoring opportunities, we offer um, roles on our committees and advisory boards, we uh, offer speaking opportunities. But speaking opportunities actually trickle down to to middle-level careers, uh, women as well. And what we're trying to do is give them all opportunities to build careers. And that's through speaking, through mentorship, either being a mentor or being mentored. Through networking opportunities, because we got to build strong networks to get successful in this industry. Also, through our recognition programs, and we have award programs in most of our countries, and they go recognize women at all stages of their career from the, the rising star all the way through to thought leadership and innovation and advocate for women through to the Distinguished Payments Professional Award, which we. Uh, see as a lifetime achievement type of award.
0: I mean, from my personal experience, I mean, the, I guess, the power of, of speaking at, at conferences and, you know, I, I felt for me that really kind of kickstarted everything. And, yeah, it, it's, I, I think it's still, unfortunately, not so equal in terms of overall diversity, surely, um, gender diversity, but I, I know there's a lot of initiatives and, and people out there pushing for it. And I think, you know, speaking at that first event really gives a um, woman so much confidence that they can then take back to their organization and, and their day to day roles.
1: It's true. Speaking is a really good segue. It helps women to build their industry profile, which is important. It helps women to build their confidence, and it can open the doors for other opportunities. I've had people come to me saying, you know, after I spoke at your event, Christy, I was invited to speak at another event because they were speaking on a looking for speaker and a similar topic. Or after I spoke at your event, you know, I was invited to interview for a job that uh, I found really interesting. So it does open so many doors. And I remember way back when, when I was... A junior banker thinking, you know, if I do a really good job here in my little corner, someone will notice and someone will give me a promotion. But it's not the way it works. And I've learned in my old age that you really do have to be the CEO of your own career and getting up there to get some profile, whether it's in your organization or across the industry, is very important.
2: Yeah. And, and further to that, I think, um, Christy, um, I, I really sort of attest that I did a um, a different podcast session last year, and um, the other thing that comes out of that is that the amount of women who, who came to me and said, oh, that's really great, you know, Laura. I really feel that that's um, something that, that I can attribute to, that I can take away and start implementing um, change within my organisation and my business. So I feel like it has a roll-on effect, doesn't it? And that's, you know, one of the right reasons it's great to be here today to talking about this as is an issue. So, um, so, yeah, brilliant. Thank you for that.
1: Indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many challenges faced by women in our industry. We, you know, we've got gender bias, which is not uncommon to financial services, but perhaps more pronounced in in some of the newer fintechs. We've got um, lack of role models because we don't have a lot of women at senior levels. Also, lack of opportunities because so often the leadership levels are male dominated, and they. Tend to hire in their own image, so. Um, but then also, as Megan mentioned, the lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. We typically, and this is not just financial services, but women in general, often suffer from that imposter syndrome or lack of confidence. However, you want to describe it, and I certainly did, uh, still do in some some ways today. And it's something I think we can practice, but we can also get support. From each other to support each other to um, help build each other up and say, you know what, you actually are really good or very knowledgeable. Or when I reach out to someone, say, you know, I really need to find out more about X or Y or blockchain or or digital ID. Can you share some some of your insights? And they do, and then they can step back and say, wow, I really do know something, and it's worth sharing, and it's um, really inspiring. So. I think we as a community of women across this industry have opportunities to support each other, to build our networks, to support each other. But that network is also a really important piece because you can't operate alone. Like no man is an island, they used to say, or no woman is an island, we could say now. And especially in your career, you need to have, People that you can call on to to learn to you know have hiring opportunities. Oh, I'm looking for to hire somebody on my team. Who do I know in the industry who might um, fit this? Be able to fill these shoes or finding opportunities for yourself. So all of those are great opportunities to uh, and reasons to network, which is a is a big part of of building careers is building your network.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and Laura, do, do those challenges resonate with with you as well? And your as well as your perspective?
2: Yeah, um, absolutely. I think one of the key ones that uh, Christy touched on there was around the lack of confidence and and that ability in yourself, and sometimes you know being a bit too scared to say yes, I can do that. Um, and 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 for me, I think one one way that I've sort of worked to help to sort of overcome this, I think mentoring and in coaching has been a, a vital thing uh, for me in the past particularly the past couple of years um, uh, where i have taken on board sort of a, a coach and the impact that it had on me and, and and in my career and how i worked sort of within my my role within the organization was was really um, quite 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 phenomenal for me. And it's something that I'm quite passionate about mentoring. And, and, and I know that Christy and her organization, Women in Payments, also have, have a program. And I think this is something that, that lots of organizations really sort of start, start to consider um, and, and, and move forward with.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I love that concept of mentoring because it's a two-way street. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the concept of reverse mentorship comes into play as well, where mentees, of course, learn from their mentors and get guidance there. But the mentors can learn so much from the mentees. I mean, obviously, they can learn about technology. (laughs) The younger generation is often so much more technically literate, but they can also learn about their own leadership styles and be able to adjust them to be more relevant and and uh, effective with the younger generation, but they can also learn about their corporate culture and help to change that to be more welcoming and supportive of the next generation. So mentorship has many benefits for both sides.
0: And I guess, what would your recommendations be for an organization that's, you know, considering starting a mentorship program? I guess, what are are the keys to success um, for a mentorship program at, at the organizational level?
1: Great question, Megan. I guess there's, there's kind of two types of mentorship programs. One is a kind of an internal one, another one is, is an external one where you're paired with a mentor outside your organization. And we uh, operate the latter. So we have two cohorts a year that um, match women from outside, mentors and mentees from outside their organizations. Um, to do one inside your organization is a, a little bit trickier because you want to maintain that, that privacy and confidentiality, which is so important, just so you can build the trust that relationship. What I found really interesting with our mentoring program is that over the years we've developed it and and changed it to respond to, you know, uh, requests and suggestions from participants. And one of them was whether men could participate. And I said, absolutely, men are very, very welcome. Um, But we did actually add a question in our mentee Registration form, and that was whether you'd be comfortable with a male mentor. So giving them that option was, I think, important. But I love it when when men step up to mentor women because it helps them to learn the challenges that women face in our organizations, and I think that's really important.
2: Yeah, and to, just to touch on that, I mean, in my my last organization, I I was um, looking implementing a, a mentoring program, and for me, one thing that I really started to notice was when I started talking more about, you know, this program with my male colleagues to kind of sort of gauge their feedback. A lot of the time, one of the key things that they said, oh, well, what about a men's program within the organisation? And for me, that just really kind of screams about sort of the lack of understanding um, around you know, issues that women face um, within the sector, but also a lack of understanding on how sort of gender parity and diversity can benefit both men and women. And I think, you know, one thing, um, I read a, a statistic recently, um, the World Economic Forum and Forum conducted some research around that shows that companies who have women in senior leadership roles can generate, um, you know, over 11% more Revenue and, you know, that's not to necessarily say that women are better than men or not attributing to the success. Because I'm, I'm a really firm believer that you know we need to absolutely have the support of of men to help this particular cause. But having that balance is not just uh, good from a commercial point of view, but but also because it contributes to. Um, you know, much more interesting workplace where there's different views, you know experiences and ideas you know can be exchanged on a, on a day-to-day basis. So there's just so much that I think you know cre- closing that gender gap can really bring uh, to an organization and, and to us on an individual basis.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. And I mean,
0: what are some of the the key actions that payments company can take to help close kind of the these gaps? Oh, yeah. go ahead.
2: Yeah, one, one thing for me, thanks, thanks, Christy um, and Megan, is that um, I think organisations need to start being more accountable and, and sort of leading by example and really sort of implementing and, and setting targets and, and calling these out um, externally. I think last time I caught up with you, Christy, we, we talked about this and um, that there's a women in finance charter and, and, and really maybe you can touch on that a little bit more, but um, I think that's one one key element that we need to start focusing on.
1: Yeah, I agree, Laura. That women in Finance Charter charter was issued in March of twenty sixteen, I believe, from HM Treasury. It was chaired by Jane Ann Gadia of Virgin Money at the time. And it recommended two or three, well, three or four things that companies can do. First of all, was to develop a and publish a gender diversity strategy and to make that public so that everybody knows where the organization is going. Second, to appoint a senior leader to be in charge of the strategy as well as the execution of the strategy. And they were quite specific in saying that this executive should not be from an administrative function, but from a line of business. Thirdly, that they update their strategy and, and their, uh, their numbers on an annual basis publicly. And last but not least, that they tie the compensation of their senior leadership in some way to the success of this strategy. so that it, you know, everybody has some skin in the game, and it really, I think, motivates the company and the senior leadership to, to move forward on that strategy.
0: And I guess we touched upon, um, you know, men functioning as um, mentors as well. What else can we suggest to men working in payments to help create a more diverse sector, you know, from junior level employees through up to to senior management and up to the executive level?
1: That's a great question, Megan. Um, Men can absolutely be allies and and supporters of women at all levels and certainly at the at the leadership level i think it's been proven many many studies have shown that women or companies with more women as Laura mentioned at senior levels have higher profitability they have higher employee engagement i've seen studies that say they have higher levels of of innovation registering patents so having and it's not just women, it's diversity across all strands. And having that diversity of thought, of of experience, of perspective really allows people to come to work with their authentic selves and feel comfortable and really contribute in a in an uninhibited way. And I think that's what it's all about. So clearly it's it's in the best interest of the leadership to to um Promote gender and and other strands of diversity, but um, throughout the organization, men can be allies. They can call out gender bias. They can support, mentor, sponsor their female colleagues and and reports. Um, I would love to see a little bit more work done in the the area of pay equity. I think you know there's a huge gender pay gap. Uh, in some organizations that we should be working to close. And, you know, that's a huge opportunity. So there's there's lots of, of things we can do. Calling out gender bias as it happens, I think, is, is really important. And sometimes we do it completely unconsciously. I know I do it unconsciously all the time, and I catch myself often, not always. Um, but I think that's important as well.
2: Yeah, and just to, to further that, I, I completely agree with all of those um, points, Christine. and I think it's also, you know, it's great to focus on what men can do, but I think it's what we can do as a collective um, and really be more open about talking about this within our organizations um, and educating each other and, and our staff and making sure that it's a uh, really sort of front of mind because there's also that element of unconscious bias and this has just happened not just from a male perspective from a female perspective and 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 um talking about it and making sure that we're all on the same page and working towards the same goal is, is really what we need to do to to, to close this gap
0: yeah, I mean, I think from from my experience, there's often been times. I mean, I'm a freelance consultant, and you know, oftentimes I'll ask men who I kind of feel that I have, I that have, I have a mentor, mentee relationship with. You know, what would you charge? And you know, oftentimes it's significantly higher than what would be my top. And it's just this kind of like it, going back to you know the the imposter syndrome and. It, there's not much out there, I think, in terms of how we can, you know, achieve more transparency, how we can gain more transparency. So I guess any suggestions or tips and, you know, for women, what they can do when perhaps um, negotiating a salary or anything they can ask to ensure that, you know, the salary they're receiving is is fair.
1: Oh, gender pay gap. That's a great question. Uh, A a hot topic, if you will, Megan, uh, for sure. I I love Sheryl Sandberg in her book, Lean In, talks about negotiating her salary when she first joined Facebook. And um, she was given this job offer and she showed it to her husband and talked to a family friend about it. And the family friend said, yeah, great offer. He said, but you're not accepting it, are you? And she said, well, yeah, it's a great offer. Why wouldn't I? And he said, no, 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 you must negotiate. He said, any man in your position would absolutely walk in there and say, great offer, but we gotta work on this, you know, this compensation package. And and she really had to rehearse and, and plan how she did that because she wasn't comfortable with it. And I think we as women often were very good at negotiating on behalf of others. Not so good at re- negotiating on behalf of ourselves, and sometimes there's little tricks that you can do to help yourself. So I, I heard a one woman who went in to negotiate for Sally, and she went in thinking that I'm not negotiating for myself. I'm negotiating on behalf of my family. This is family income that I should be earning, and and puts me on par with my peers, and and is only fair uh, to my family and the organization. Any thoughts from your side, Laura?
2: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think we've all heard before um, your statistic around how women, um, you know, when applying for jobs, as it were, might apply for a job if they feel that they can meet, you know, 70 to 80% of the um, the criteria, where men, there might be like 50 to 60% of the criteria. And it, it's that fear of do we know enough yet, you know that that yes, can we can we can we do that yet? And I think that sort of same philosophy applies a little bit here um, when it comes to to salary. So I think it's about you know building up that confidence uh, within us and um, having that courage to put ourselves out there and believe in who we are. Because we can talk about all these things that companies can do, you know, and organizations and men and women can do, but we've got to be trying to do the best that we can do as well as individuals. Um, and and I think some of the things we've touched on today around you know find yourself a mentor and a coach who can help sort of build up that confidence in you because sometimes just speaking to that other person like um you mentioned cheryl in 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 lean in and you know you're not going to take that and it kind of gives you a reality check and and sometimes that's just what we need isn't it
1: yeah absolutely i agree it's funny because i had a similar situation just within my own organization i had put together a new program and i sent it out to the marketing team and they looked at it and they said well yeah, great program, Christy, but your pricing, it should be triple <laughs> what you're suggesting. I thought, oh, <laughs> they said, we see huge value in here. You, you need to triple your pricing. I thought, oh, well, that's nice
0: feedback. Thank you. <laughs> so, Christy, what's on um, the agenda for
1: 2021? Oh, wow. Well, we've been really busy the last year and we're really, really excited to be launching in Latin America Uh, in August this year. So we're working to engage our Latin American audience and drive awareness and, and build out that market. I think there's a huge unmet opportunity to build that community in that market. I've spoken to a number of amazing women in Uh, Brazil and Colombia, Peru and Argentina and Mexico, and they're all really excited. So I'm just really, really excited about that. We are also working to build out our global community. We started this a year ago as the pandemic shut everything down. I said, okay, now is a time when we need to really be able to connect with each other and build this community. So we're excited to be able to do that in many ways. We run our conferences around the world uh, throughout the year and now we're live streaming them so that all of the members of our community can uh, participate either live streamed or um, access the, the videos online after the fact. So we're, we're building it out. We are continuing to do many of the things that we used to do, like our Unicorn Challenge Pitch Contest for Women and our Global Mentorship Program. We run a couple of times a year um, awards programs in many of our regions. So lots happening. And uh, we're always open for new suggestions and uh, new ways that we can reach our audience. We do a weekly Pause for Payments discussion where I have a discussion with some interesting women doing something in the world of payments, uh, which is always fun. And we talk about career issues. We talk a lot about industry issues as well. So lots going on and lots to look forward to.
0: Fantastic. So last question
2: um, for both of you, what are two things you would tell to your younger self? I'm, I'm happy to go first really I think a really good question because uh, you know I, I very much believe that reflection is you know really important to look back and we can we can learn from from our past uh, in order to move forward so I think um, the first one for me is find a mentor or a coach um, early in your career and I think um, I often ask myself where would I be in my career now if I'd had access to like a supportive Professional networks, say for example, like Women in Payments, or or had my own mentor sooner in my career. So I definitely think that that's a a key um, takeaway for anybody starting off um, in their career and even at any stage. And then I think the second thing for me is really to have the courage to put yourself out there. Um, um, Like I mentioned before. we've got to look at what we can do as individuals as well and and really have a bit more belief in our own skills and and who we are and our personality. So they'd be, they'd be the two key things I would tell um, a younger Laura.
1: I love those Laura. And I'm so glad that mine aren't the same as yours because (laughs) (laughs) there's so many things that we could offer to, to the women in our audience. I, I, absolutely agree with both of the things you say i'm going to repeat one thing that i said earlier and that is be the ceo of your career you know you are in charge and i remember a long time ago someone saying to me if you want something in life you have to make it happen and i thought oh all this all these years i've been waiting for things to happen but actually no he was right i i have the power to make things happen so i think that's important is, is just taking charge of our careers My second one would be follow your dreams. Do what you've always wanted to do, what you have a passion for. Find that passion. And once you find your passion, then it's not work anymore. It's fun. It's your passion.
0: Thank you both so much. Incredible tips for our listeners. So, yeah, really appreciate you sharing. Um, Christy, where can our listeners find out more about Women in Payments?
1: Ah, well, obviously on our website, womeninpayments.org. And uh, I hang out on LinkedIn a lot, sometimes Twitter, uh,
2: but we'd love to hear from you through any of those channels.
0: Great, thank you. And Laura, where can our listeners find out more about PPRO?
2: Yeah, um, absolutely. Um pepro.com, check out our website and and as well, you know, if you've got any more questions, you know, PPRO is really doing a lot around sort of gender diversity and quality as well. So I am really proud to be part of that journey and, and you can connect with me via LinkedIn as well. Okay, Christy and Laura, thank
0: you so much for joining us on our first episode. Um, happy International Women's Day to everyone and see you next time. Thank
1: Thanks so much, Megan. Laura, it was a fantastic discussion. Thanks for including me.
2: Yes, likewise. Thank you, ladies. Hope to speak soon. Bye bye.